Blog Talk Radio. The South Bay Show. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over six. The South Bay Show. Jackie, <clears throat> I'm going to start the show again. Okay, here we go. Hold on, everyone. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on February 22nd, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. <clears throat> Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us today as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of The South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you doing today? What is it Kelly always says? <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yay. That's a good way to start the show. I like that. You know, Joe, it sounds like we figured out the commercial issue, but some other weird little thing took place. Yeah. That was weird. I, I don't know what that was at all. That was very, very strange. You know, technology, it's wonderful, isn't it? <clears throat> Right. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. It's technology. <laughs> well, you know, my other favorite but, um, saying, very so my, happy... first favorite, my first favorite saying what? is happy Friday. My second one is technology is a blessing or it's a beast. Yes. Yes. It's it yes. beastly when it's not working properly, you know, so yes. uh, otherwise yes. it's a blessing. But, hey, okay, we think, are... I, are I think... <laughs> I think you should say that at the beginning of every show. <laughs> I just think you should make that statement. Happy Friday. Technology is a blessing and a beast. 
<laughs> okay. Mental note, I'm writing it down for next Friday. <laughs> so the sun's out. Are we happy about that? Sunshine. Yes. 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 Oh, it's wonderful. You, Is it warm out? You, I haven't been out today. No, it's not warm out yet. <laughs> no. no, it's not going to... It's not going to warm up for a while, from what I understand. Did either of you see yesterday afternoon, uh, maybe about, I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock, this big, dark mm-hmm. cloud? It wasn't a cloud. It was like a, the whole sky turned dark. From It looked like it was coming from the north, and it just kept going south. And I'm, and I'm looking, and I'm going, oh, boy, this is going to be – it was like an eclipse in my house. But we never got any rain. Mm-hmm. We never got no, any but, rain. Mm-hmm. The temperature, but the temperature dropped like five or yes. six, seven, eight degrees. I noticed that I walked outside right to go across the parking lot. And I'm like, burr. I mean, it was just literally, you know, it was like a little cold front yeah. that came through that, again, yeah, never dropped any um, rain. You know, I was thinking we haven't had a little dusting of snow or hail even in a long, long time. Because, you know, every, whatever, eight or ten years, we get like a little dusting of something on the beach. And uh, it sure has felt cold enough to, to do that, but we haven't had that. So yeah, um, we have to have make... we have to have the cold and the and the percep. Yeah, at the same time, I don't yeah. think it was that cold out, out. I think it was in the forties yesterday. Would have to get into the low thirties to get that. But you're right. I mean, I, I remember several occasions where we had hail, um, mm-hmm. and and you're right. We haven't had that in quite a long time. We're so obsessed with the weather here, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> and we're so you know, I think everywhere. <laughs> Well, no, no, no. It really, it really is. It's a big topic of conversation for us here in Southern California because we don't have necessarily a lot of variety. Um, and it, as we always say, Joe, you know, we need the rain. So, so we don't complain about the rain. You know, rain, rain. We need the rain. Uh, but my husband, you know, he's got a constru- a site under construction, and it's just, you know, really messing with their schedule. So, um, I can't be as joyous about the rain as I normally am because he's 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 walking around with a scowl on his face because of it. So, anyway, <laughs> well, we want we want husbands to be happy, so uh, we'll tell Mother Nature to behave for a little while. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll listen. Maybe yeah. she'll listen. So, Kelly, do you, you have yeah. any chamber news for us? There is a lot going on in Manhattan Beach. Um, one, you know, as you know, on March 5th, we have a city council election kind of looming and coming up. And there's been a lot of candidate forums over the last couple of weeks. I believe the very last um, city council candidate forum is this coming Monday night. Um, the Downtown Business Association is putting it on. It's at Shade Hotel on the second level up in the green room. It's open to anybody, uh, but the Downtown Business Association puts it on to kind of talk, confront the candidates, ask questions that are pertinent to downtown, which often affect other parts of the city and residents too. Um, And that is from 6.30 to 8.30 at Shade Hotel upstairs in the green room on Monday. It is the very last candidate forum. So if anybody out there listening has a burning question for any of the seven city council candidates, uh, please come to that. As you know, there's two going to be two vacant seats because two of our councilmen are terming out. So it's, it's a very important election. Um, so I encourage anybody who wants to come to, to do that. Uh, I've been talking about it for weeks. It's finally almost here. The annual State of the City is coming up next Wednesday. 
And that is also from 8 to 10 a.m. at the Jocelyn Center uh, there on Valley Drive. This is a chance for the mayor, myself, uh, the department heads to kind of lay out what's happening in the city. There's a lot of really exciting things happening. Um, Ann McIntosh, who is the director of community development, is going to be talking about the mall. Um, she might uh, give a, a couple little tidbits, um, probably some things that people don't know are coming to the mall. Uh, she was sharing some really interesting information with some new tenants and a couple new developments over there, that massive project that's been going on. Um, but I was like, ooh, that's juicy. That's one reason right there to come to stay in the city because she has a couple of really interesting uh, tidbits and nuggets to share with everybody. But there's going to be a lot more than that. Mike Matthews, superintendent of schools, will be there talking about the state of the schools, all the construction that's going on at Costa. Um, I don't know if you've been over there, mm-hmm. the listeners who are in the area, the, you know, they tore down Fisher Gym um, a couple months ago, and they're rebuilding that. There's a lot of other things happening uh, the, our chief of police, who is absolutely a spectacular, dynamic speaker, uh, Chief Derek Abel, will be speaking and kind of delivering, you know, the state of safety, so to speak, in town and talking about homelessness, another very important topic. So it's really um, going to be a fantastic morning. We have a lot of great information to share. And like I say, I, I love, you know me, I like having nuggets of information and being able to share them with people kind of for the first time. So uh, there's going to be a little bit of that going on. I really encourage people to come out. Uh, general seating is free. We still have general seating available. Most all of the reserved table seating is spoken for at this point, but anybody is welcome to walk in um, and enjoy. So again, next Wednesday, 8 to 10 a.m. at the Jocelyn Center. And then lastly, if um, anybody kind of was tuned in or maybe read some of the Beach Reporter or the articles out there, uh, we had a very interesting city council meeting this week on Tuesday night, and uh, the city is kind of uh, taking our sustainability and environmental efforts to the next level. As you know, Manhattan Beach has been one of the leaders, really, in California, um, and particularly in Southern California. Kind of Manhattan Beach and Malibu seem to lead the charge on all the sustainability ordinances and bans on certain products that really are not good for our environment and more so um, our bay that we look at every day is so gorgeous. So this week um, they, they talked about um, the plastic and styrofoam meat trays, you know, all the, like, when you go yep. to the store, you buy whatever, hamburger patties, you know, and there are those mm-hmm. styrofoam, you know, I just, I cringe when I see styrofoam because we haven't had, for the most part, styrofoam was banned, like the containers and stuff, um, Years ago, but now that we're talking about actually food containers uh, being banned, and that was a very interesting, hot conversation because the grocers association was there, and they see it as something um, they see it much differently uh, than we do. But it's not new. Seattle has already passed something like this. I, I believe San Francisco might already have a ban on those styrofoam kind of meat trays and, and food packing materials, but uh, Manhattan Beach. Uh, mm said, no, no, thank you. We don't want those styrofoam trays anymore. So um, that is going to come back for another uh, round of discussion in a couple of weeks, but those are going to be going away. And then lastly, the other thing that uh, was discussed in that same kind of conversation was balloons, latex balloons and mylar balloons. And uh, there's a couple different elements to this, but basically – um, latex balloons can be sold in Manhattan Beach, 
but they can't be released. So you know how, you know, you go to a little birthday party and Johnny, Susie, and, you know, Jimmy all have balloons in their hands and they release them up into the sky. Well, those balloons go somewhere. Eventually they pop and then they come back down into the ocean in our case. So um, it's now become, the, the ordinance covers, you cannot uh, release a mylar balloon anymore. So technically you could get fined or a, a ticket for that. And um, they're just trying to protect the environment. So stores can still sell them, but they, uh, people can't actually release them. Or like those big balloon arches that you see at all these fabulous events that we have everywhere. You yeah, can have the yeah. balloon arch, mm-hmm. but you got to dispose of it properly. So you got to be really careful. Otherwise there can be fines coming down. And then the second part of that conversation was with regards to mylar balloons. And mylar are like the foil kind of balloons that you right. see. Mm-hmm. You know, happy Valentine's Day, happy birthday, all those big, you know, foil balloons, all different sizes. So mylar balloons, I don't know if people know it or not, but mylar balloons are one of the number one causes of power outages. And when a mm-hmm. mylar balloon is, re- is released and it hits a power line or, or God forbid, hits the transformer, it literally cl- creates like an explosion. And we've had several in Manhattan Beach over the years that have been caused by a mylar balloon. So guess what? Wow. Mylar balloons have been banned. They cannot be sold in Manhattan Beach, and they definitely can't be released. So you can, if you buy it in another city and you bring it in as a gift to somebody, you know, at an office or home or whatever in Manhattan Beach, you can do that. You can, you can go across the border with that Mylar balloon, but, again, they can't be released. <laughs> so they've banned, they've banned the sale of them. And, of course, also, like the latex ones, you can't release it into the sky. So really proud of the city for taking those steps and trying to, you know, protect um, the environment, protect, in this case, you know, the power lines, too. That's a big deal. And uh, we don't want Mm -hmm. those big explosions and, you know, electrical charges that are caused by the mylar balloons hitting things. It's, it's, you know, just not good. So, you know, you know, Kelly, the the only thing more fun than releasing balloons is popping them. Popping them <laughs> is a lot more fun. That's well, the way to go. Pop, pop them and, and then put them in the pop trash. Them, but that's mm-hmm. exactly, Jackie, because lots of times people pop them, and when they pop, they, they burst maybe into a couple pieces, you know? And those pieces, mm-hmm. if they're on the ground, guess what happens to them when it rains or something or the wind blows? They go straight into the storm drain, straight into the ocean. And that will mm. test anybody, uh, let alone a fish, in a nanosecond. So um, really, you know, trying to help educate people on the effects and, um, and minimize that. You know, it's, a, it's another step in a very environmentally friendly and, and safe direction. So, this, um, uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a new campaign for the police. Pop and police your balloons. Pop and police your <laughs> balloons. I like it. <laughs> Well, speaking of the police, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a good segue. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, good. Our guest this morning, our Sergeant Steve Kitsios from the Manhattan. Uh, somebody's got to tell me if I'm saying that right. Kits, Kitsios. Kitsios. Steve yeah, Kitsios. Yeah. Kitsios, okay. From the Manhattan Beach Police Department and Kristen Malman from Connecticut Federal Credit Union. Steve is a South Bay native, graduating from Redondo Union High. He became a volunteer at the Torrance Police Department and in June of 1996 became a police explorer. While in the Explorer Academy, Steve was hired by the city of Manhattan Beach as a police cadet, at the same time earning an associate's degree from El Camino College in administration of justice. Now, in 1998, Steve left the Manhattan Beach Police Department to attend 
Northern Un- Arizona University, where he earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and a minor in psychology, uh, sociology. While in Arizona, Steve worked as a campus safety aide for the Northern Arizona University Police Department. He was also fortunate enough to work at the Manhattan Beach Police Department during the summers as a community services officer and jailer. In 2007, Steve earned his master's degree in emergency management systems from Cal State University, Long Beach. He joined the ranks of the Manhattan Beach Police Department as a police officer in 2001 and has been there ever since. Steve is also vice president of the West Torrance Homeowners Association, which represents approximately 3,000 homes, and a former instructor at the South Bay Regional Explorer Academy. Now, Christian Malman is the vice president controller at Connecticut Federal Credit Union, one of the nation's leading credit unions with more than $4.4 billion in assets and serving over 300,000 member owners. Headquartered here, uh, it's headquartered here, right here in Manhattan Beach. Uh, she's worked in the financial services industries for uh, industry for 18 years and has been a member of the South Bay community since 2010. She earned a bachelor's degree from St. Martin's University and an MBA from the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Now, Kristen and Steve are part of the Leadership Manhattan Beach Class of 2019 and the leads for the class project, which is focused on equipping Manhattan Beach with life-saving devices. The class goal is to equip all Manhattan Beach Police Department vehicles as well as strategic businesses throughout the community with automated external defibrillators, also known as AEDs, um, to to help make them easily accessible and available in the case of a life-threatening emergency. Now, for more information about the Leadership Manhattan Beach Class Project, you can visit the website at leadershipmb2019.com. Kristen, Steve, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having us. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Leadership Manhattan Beach 2019. Oh, I remember it well. I was with the 2003 Leadership Hermosa class, which was the first class in Hermosa, and what an amazing experience it was to learn about the inner workings of the city, uh, to learn about how um, everything works, and to actually go to the uh, police department and sit in a jail cell. That was part of our training as uh, leadership <laughs> for most of each first class. Is that something that you guys do, Steve? <laughs> I'm sorry? Do, do we we have a jail cell, no. yes. We do. But as the yes. class, we do not participate by sitting in the jail, no. No, we would not do that to them unless they okay. speak out of line. <laughs> or they go I against see. what I say. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this year, um, Leadership uh, Manhattan Beach, who, who has the uh, sort of the history? When was the first class for Leadership Manhattan Beach and – what is the full scope of uh, the class and all the different things that you do? Those are some great questions. So my understanding is that the first class graduated in 1992, and then we're obviously attending the uh-huh. class that will be graduating later this year in 2019. So it's been around for several years. Yeah. Um, the program yeah. itself is focused on learning, like you said, about the inner workings of the community. So we get to spend the first several months of the program just visiting different areas throughout the the community and learning about how the city runs. Um, We've visited the school district. We've visited City Hall. We've visited um, the energy plant. We've visited the the 911 dispatch center. So there's a lot of opportunities just to see behind the scenes what's going on. 
And mm-hmm. then now we're in the mm-hmm. project stage of our program, which gives us the opportunity to come up as a class with a project idea to help implement um, and improve the city and the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are the the 911 uh, dispatch centers in Manhattan Beach are the ones for the whole South Bay? Is that correct? That's the correct. Dis- oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the Denise. dispatch yeah. center is in the city of Hawthorne, actually. Hawthorne, um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so it's in the city of Hawthorne, and they from there they dispatch for the cities of Gardena, uh, Hawthorne, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, and they just picked up uh, Culver City this last uh, year. So okay. Culver City is okay. a brand new uh, addition to us. Wow. So what is the the state of of training? I mean, you guys have done a lot already what's what's left to do and of course we're going to talk about the class project but i just want to talk about the class itself and what you're doing on a on a monthly you meet on a monthly basis we actually meet every other week so we meet um every other every other month yeah every other monday evening um the 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 tours and the behind the scenes learning part of the program is pretty much finished up at this point. So we work on that. We started that mm-hmm. um, early in the fall. So our first um, classes, mm-hmm. I believe, were early, um, end of August, early September, and that goes through the month of December. And then the project mm-hmm. program starts in January, and we graduate at, in the middle of May. Wow. That is that is really wonderful. I mean, I know uh it's it's an eye opener for most of the class most of the class isn't as you know sort of central to the city operations as maybe Steve has seen a lot of these uh, um locations uh was it was it something that you had not uh really participated in before Kristen in terms of the behind the scenes it was very new you, for me so it's there was I, everything that I got to learn about was actually very eye-opening, as you mentioned. Um, I was not familiar with any of the behind-the-scenes activities that were going on. Uh, one of the first classes that we have is a meet-the-city type of class where several of the um, city leaders come in and tell us about their departments and the programs that they are responsible for, and that was just a really great mm-hmm. kickoff to understand wh- what's happening, um, what what work is really going on to help make our city so great. So it's been extremely eye-opening for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Good, good, good. Well, Jackie, um, any other specific questions about the leadership uh, well, class and what they're going well, through? Well, actually, I, I, I believe, Kelly, you went through it, didn't you? I have not gone through it. I, you, you have not? Actually, I have actually taught a few of the classes. Um I've never physically gone through it, but I've been involved in it uh, via, now I'm on the board of directors, and before when I was with downtown Manhattan Beach, I actually uh, taught a couple of the classes and uh, went in and and worked with the students. So although I haven't been, you know, a student, I'm obviously very involved, and I just want to say for the record that I have been in the jail uh, before, but not as a... (laughs) Wait a minute, don't skip over that. Don't, don't skip over that, Kelly. What, what were you doing in the jail? Like, yeah, I want to hear the story. Uh, I 
that was very, very, very involved with Neighborhood Watch a long, long time ago. And one of the functions of being a block captain with Neighborhood Watch is you get to, you can do a ride along, you can go down, you know, and uh, tour the jail. And this is maybe a year or two after they opened the new um, police department, after they rebuilt the fire department, police department on 15th and Valley there. And uh, the facilitator was like, sure, come on in. You can take a tour of the jail. So uh, my kids were young at the time, and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't have a babysitter, and a certain time you had to go during the day. And I said, well, can I bring my kids? And you took your she, kids you know, to jail. Oh, boy. So when, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it, it, is the best, it is the best prevention on the planet, okay? It is, I highly <laughs> recommend it because they were, they were young, but they were old enough to know. And we got a tour. We went down. We saw, um, like, the area where you check them in, where you get a mug shot taken. We saw the padded, you know, drunk tank sale. They could see... The um, the cells, which are dark, you you can't physically see who's in there, you know, but um, they can see movement on the TV screen. And, of course, my older son, which um, Sergeant Kitsios knows, well, that's a whole other story. Again, he has not been in trouble, but Kitsios <laughs> knows him. Uh, he, he was like, what's moving in there? What's moving? And, and, and they're like, oh, there's people there, but we can't show you for privacy reasons. We can't show you. So he was fascinated. And my other one was a little bit uh, shell-shocked. And, when, and then they saw the juvenile juvenile um, holding area if, if you know somebody under age is detained and, and where they go and what has to be done. It was literally the best thing on the planet because they still talk about it and I you know anytime they got a little surly as they became teenagers and adolescents you know, growing I'm like, remember that tour? Oh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, listen to Steve, he's laughing. He knows my older son too. But um anyway, so uh it's it's always enlightening uh, to to be a part of that. But Leadership at Hatton Beach is a fantastic program because I do think it's important for people to understand, you know, the city uh, more, what every department and kind of you know, program offers, and Leadership at Hatton Beach does that. So it's, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the Back. most sort of interesting, exciting parts for me personally was the the tour of the public works and how the you know the public works plans and is aware of how all the where the pipes are all the all the water pipes all the gas lines and all uh, the sewer lines and how old our infrastructure is did you get a, a little uh, bit of that as well Steve they they we haven't done a, so one of the public works managers, uh, Sean Ego, he's in our class, and so we haven't really gotten into the um, the most very much into the infrastructure of the city. However, um, yes. speaking with yeah. him, we have a lot of big, big projects, expensive big projects coming up in the city. Um, I know the water tower right. is being um, is going to be rebuilt. Um, we have wow, not really the sump pump station behind uh, Beg is going to be redone. Um, and of okay. course, you know, you saw with the rains, I don't know, I was driving around graveyard and Sepulveda was like a lake, you know, so yeah. we do have a lot of infrastructure right. issues that need to be, um, fixed, um, especially with the upcoming weather coming up again. Um, but yeah, right. our infrastructure does right. have issues here and uh, public works does right. a great job trying to keep up with it. Um, so right. that's why I know where, where we're at with that. Every, every right, place right, right. had. Every, every place had issues with this massive amount of rain we had. I mean, literally, I think every city in the South Bay had a sinkhole happen someplace. You know, that, that's, <laughs> it's not just 
Certainly not just Manhattan Beach. Everybody was dealing with that. Of course. It's amazing. You know, I wanted I wanted to ask, um, well, Steve, you obviously have been involved in that community, in the Manhattan Beach community, your, well, your whole adult life. Um, yes, yeah. Chris, it sounds Chris like Tina had been here. <laughs> yeah, and Chris, <laughs> you, you, you moved here about, you know, about 10 years ago. Um, to, to sign up for this class, you know, do you do both of you do either of you want to continue in some sort of leadership role in Manhattan Beach? Do either of you have uh plans to to get more involved civically after this class? Christian, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um that is actually not my current intention. Um you know, it's been a great opportunity to learn about the city and to meet a lot of folks who are very involved with the city. And so just building that network has been amazing and I would definitely like to keep up that network, but as far as um you know, changing my uh, my trajectory to be more involved with the city professionally, that's that's not in the current plan at this point. Okay. All right, and Steve. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as a police officer, we don't have a pack. You know, uh, we don't get involved in politics, but uh, we do mm-hmm. support a lot of the public events. You know, we do the Special Olympics, we do the Tipper Cup. Um, so we're not technically allowed to go into it politically, if you would. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been here, like I said, since I was 19 years old, and I mm-hmm. I do functions. I bring my family to, to the Manhattan Beach functions that I don't work. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, as far as doing anything leadership-wise in Manhattan Beach, I mean, besides professionally, of course. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm vice president of the um, West Torrance Homeowners Association, and so this opportunity here at Leadership Manhattan is a little bit more of an opportunity to take this experience and apply it towards my position as vice president over there, and then I can take the right. issues that the residents give me to my city councilman. To you know, address those issues. I see. I see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, you want to do a quick commercial well, break, and because uh, <clears throat> the hour is already flying. Sure. 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 What a wonderful uh, you know example uh, that both of these people are setting for the city, uh, both in the police department and in the uh, financial community. And uh, having a vibrant, small business community uh, really, really uh, connected with its uh, uh, law enforcement is so key. We're thrilled to have them. Uh, We are discussing today, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we're discussing Leadership Manhattan Beach 2019. We're going to talk about their class project. And uh, we do this show every Friday at 8 a.m., 8 to 9 uh, and uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, please join us. Uh, on Thursdays, we do the South Bay uh, Spotlight, and on Fridays, we do the Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. Uh, we'd love to have you join us and share this show with all your friends and share this show with all your neighbors. You can actually call in. This is a live show, believe it or not, <laughs> like live radio. You can call in to 714 714- Two four two five two eight eight seven one four two four two fifty two eighty eight. You can actually call in and ask questions if you're listening live. Uh, please do so. And uh, with that, 
we're going to talk about the class project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe, Christian, were you uh, the lead on this project? You want to give a – well, first off, I want to know how you picked this project. How, how did that work? How did you all sat around and threw out ideas? Tell us, tell us how this went down. Yeah, Steve, would you like to share? So this was Steve's suggestion, and so I think he would be great to, to answer that question. So uh, there's approximately, what, 25 people in this class, Kristen, you would say? Yeah, that's about the and right so number. So one of your, one of your, uh, one of the, each person has to come up with a suggestion as to um, what mm-hmm. they believe the, the class project, project should be. Um, and we all pretty much wrote it down on the board, and then the class voted on um, which projects they believed in. And then they, from there we picked the top, I think, five or seven, I think it was, and then we voted again, and then I think we broke it down to the top three. And so some of the suggestions um, were painting the electrical boxes, you know, as for art. Ah. Um, another one was uh, lighting up the green belt. And then my suggestion was um, placing automatic external defibrillators in police cars. Um, and one of the other projects was um, putting a scoreboard for the lacrosse team at the um, Miracosta High School. And mm-hmm. so we brought in, um, I brought in a guest speaker, another person brought in a guest speaker. Um, this other Miracosta High School student spoke about her project, and she, and she did a phenomenal job. Uh, and then the class voted, and the class uh, b- believed that um, you know, public safety and having automate, automated um, external defibrillators in police cars was um, the project that they chose that was important, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it is. And well, it's yeah, certainly going to have – I just want to say it's certainly going to have a long-term impact on the health of the community. I mean, years from now, someone's life is going to be saved. Wouldn't you re- agree, Steve? Yeah, as a matter of fact, when uh, when, when I, my, my guest speaker was uh, one of our jailers. Um, he works here at the Manhattan Beach Police Department. Um, you know, he's very early 50s. He's in shape. He runs all the time. Um, and I had him come over to the class and speak. Um, he was doing the Baker to Vegas uh, relay run that um, police officers get involved in. And he just was running, and about a quarter mile to the finish line, he just said he got lightheaded, collapsed, and died right there during this relay race. And the only whoa, 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 uh-huh. he, he, he died? He died right there. He <laughs> oh, my God. Dead right there. So um, he, uh, but believe it or not, out of the race from Baker, California to Las Vegas, um, the only AED on that whole course was the one that we had the Manhattan Beach Police Department. And it wasn't owned by the police department, but one of our volunteers owned one privately. And mm. that's where where um, this person went down. And they took out their AED and placed it on our jailer, and it actually revived them. Of course, CPR was also part of this role. Um, but the AED mm. gave him the shock that saved his life. And then um, the helicopter was, was not that far away, I would say about a mile and he died two more times on the helicopter, but the AED revived him again, both times with a shock, and he was able to survive. And he just started work again about three months ago. 
So, yeah, he's back at it. So I had um, this gentleman come into class and talk about his experience um, of, Mm -hmm. you know, being saved by the AED, uh, how it affected his life, how, you know, how he looks at life differently, and how a little machine in a box (laughs) saved his life. Oh, my Uh goodness. Oh, my. Well, Kelly had a very interesting story, too, that was um, beautiful. I have a... um uh, a similar story. I, I um, go to journey. You're li- you're a little low, Kelly. Year, Kelly, you're, Kelly, you're a little yeah, low. Yeah, okay, Kelly. Yeah, Ke- uh, Kelly. Kelly, you're very low. You're, Kelly, years ago. You're. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why she can't hear us uh, because she's very low. I don't know what just happened there. I can tell the story for you. I, I'm gonna make it really okay. quick. Yeah. She was at Journey right. of Faith. She was at Journey of Faith approximately five years ago, and all of a sudden, um, this young lady—I think she was about 21, 22 years old—collapsed, um, collapsed, and the parents just start freaking out. And somebody brought out an AED, and you can hear the machine speaking clear. Start CPR, you know, giving instructions, and sure enough. Uh, um, Kelly was just like shocked, like at how everything was going, and uh, of course the girl came back alive after the AD um, provided a um, a shock and saved the girl. And I have a couple calls here recently, here in Manhattan Beach. Um, one from uh, September 23rd. That's one of the calls I used when um, just to show how recent this happens. And then I was over here with talking to dispatch, and we had another one on. I, I believe it was Christmas Eve when I was working into Christmas night where another gentleman was down, and uh, had I had an AED, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this gentleman lived or passed away, but I know the fire department came and mm-hmm. revived them because they had to use their AED. But it was one of those, mm-hmm. you know, I got really emotional when I told the class about this incident because it's, I didn't have a tool. I have guns in my car. I have three, four different types of guns. You know, I have, mm-hmm. you know, Narcan in case a person with, on heroin overdoses. But why can't we take care mm-hmm. of a person who is down of a heart attack? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like I'm going to take care of someone who right. does this on purpose to their body with heroin or other narcotics, but I don't have the tool to save somebody who has a heart attack or was involved in a bad car accident. So I felt, mm-hmm. you know, this, it's just it's something to me that I'm very passionate about. I know the class stands right behind me. They're very passionate about it. Um, we need this tool. Right. It's a life-saving tool. And it's not that expensive. Um, and they last, you know, eight to ten years or longer, depending on, you know, the battery or the or the uh, the pads. You know, mm-hmm. you see them now. You see them now in places like Target um, I, and, you know, larger, mm-hmm. you know, some, sometimes in malls and stuff. You, you know, they're kind of a regular occurrence now. Ten years ago, you know, most people hadn't even heard of them. But right. you are seeing them now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it absolutely it absolutely makes sense that you should have one in a squad car. I, you know, it, I mean, it makes sense to me. Um, and, you yeah, know, we're also yeah. going to try and outfit um, uh, strategic downtown businesses also. You know, we want to yeah. put them in police mm-hmm. cars. And um, I'll, I'll let uh, Kristen talk about that. Yeah, and I think you make a great point about having them in the squad cars because one of the things that Steve shared with us as a class is that the police are often the first to be able to respond to the scene of an emergency They're already on patrol. There's several units on the road at any given time. And so they're able to get there very quickly. And if they have the tools that they need in order to be able to, you know, save somebody's life right there on the spot, then our class would love to be able to give them that opportunity. But 
as you mentioned, we're also interested in placing them strategically around the community. Uh, you mentioned you've seen them in Target. Uh, here at Connecta, we have one in our lobby as well. Um, so there are oh. they are around town, but we would just like to be able to put even more out there. And we're focused on not only looking at locations just to make them as universal as possible, but also to look at um, – business hours and see if we can find some organizations that are either open late, open early, possibly open 24 hours um, that would be you know, willing to put them in their location so that way the public can get to them as quickly mm -hmm. as possible as well. The AEDs themselves mm -hmm. are very simple to use. Uh, it's, a, it's a very simple machine that just senses the heartbeat. If there's no heartbeat, then it provides that electrical shock. So they're really foolproof. It, it won't give a shock if there's a heartbeat. You know, and and the ones that we're at looking at also provide verbal commands on how to perform CPR. So it will let you know, okay, the wow. shock has been given. Now start CPR. It will tell you if you need to go um, faster, slower, if you need to push harder. So it's really just making the, um, the emergency response as effective as possible. Um, so having them around the community wow. is just going to make it that much better for the chances of survival for anyone who unfortunately might be in the case of needing one. So, wow. so what you're saying is, it's Kristen, it's going to be safer for me to go to the kettle and hang out at the kettle whenever <laughs> I want, and I know that there's safety close. 24 you can eat as much, uh, as much as you can eat as much onion soup with cheese as you want. The AEDs, the All AEDs right. your wife can't yell at you. <laughs> Joe, um, jo, have you ever been to the kettle like at 1 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. You get you know, those two left. security guards do a great job. They, they do. do, right? They, they do. Awesome. They actually turn. They turn people away. I've saw, I've been on the patio. You know, whatever. At, you know, midnight when they turn people away who are um, going to the right. kettle for a little, you know, bacon and eggs after party food. Um, yeah. But all walks of life walk into the kettle. You know. Oh, and, so um, interesting. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's a witching hour. Anyways, um, so we don't know uh, in downtown <laughs> where, where they will be, but I think it's great that they're trying to. They kind of have the different phases of fundraising for their project. The first one is obviously to have them in all the squad. I believe you guys didn't chime in, but the, the next one is to have them in strategic places about town, some of which will be downtown, obviously, it's because of the traffic flow and uh, the amount of people, um, you know, like even right. maybe Shade Hotel would be another great place or somewhere in Metlock. The mall, I'm not sure if the mall has one yet. We haven't talked to them but yet, but they're looking at, it's not just for downtown. They will be in other strategic places The north places end businesses, the Rosecrans Corridor, yeah. aviation. Yeah. But I just want to say that Chris, made, uh, I, I forgot to bring something up. Uh, Kristen brought it up, though. You know, the police department, we have vehicles out in the field 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and, you know, our fire department's also on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But when they respond, they're reactive. You know, they get the call. They have to come from the station. And, you know, most of the time, if you look at calls, the police department is normally there two to three minutes prior to the fire department arriving on scene. And I know two to three minutes doesn't sound like a good a long time, but for every minute, oh, it's a long time. That a, yeah, for every minute mm -hmm. that a person doesn't have an AED or or, or breathing or anything, the, the chances decrease of t by ten percent for living. So it's very important right. that um, that we have these tools. And um, and like uh, Kelly just mentioned, we are going to have a fundraiser, uh, but we can. I don't know if you're going to mention that later on in the show or right now. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was the next question. Is obviously these things take money, and I wanted to ask you how you plan on funding it. But uh, Steve, do you have to go, or can you stay with us for a couple of minutes? Or I think I I have range training at nine o'clock. I can go for maybe five more minutes. Okay. All right. So yes. uh, who who wants to get into how you how the leadership classes fund these projects? Who wants to talk about that? I can give it a shot. So we uh, we are looking for sponsorship throughout the community. So we have a, a fundraising team who is responsible for um, helping leading that effort. And so they're looking at both private sponsors as well as corporate sponsors. And we have some potentially mm-hmm. uh, local grants that we can apply for. So we're looking at all opportunities to be able to raise funds in order to help implement this project. The more funds we raise, the more AEDs we can put out in the community. So it's really scalable, um, but we're just really trying to go full force, get the police units all um, fully loaded with the AEDs, as Kelly mentioned. And then, you know, as we get them staffed up, then we'd like to be able to um, distribute others throughout the community. Um, but we do have a fundraising and awareness event that we are in the very early stages of planning. It's going to be in the evening of March 11th at 10 Roof. So as those details are um, finalized, we will share that information. Um, you can also check out our website, as you mentioned earlier. Um, the, the awareness and host, uh, fundraising event will include um, some AED demonstrations and references how individuals can become CPR and AED certified. We're also hoping to maybe attend some of the farmer's markets. You know, we want to just kind of be out and around the community as we go through this project to just raise as much awareness as possible and potentially, as we mentioned, collect funds. Um, but you can always check out our website. It's leadershipmb2019.weebly, which is w-e-e-b-l-y.com. That will give you all the information that you need to know about our project, about our class, and uh, ways that you can donate either online or by sending in checks. We take checks as well. Okay, so that begs And it's a 501c3 okay, so, uh, project, so it's a tax write-off. Tax write-off. All right. It, it, uh, it's uh, for a break. Uh, it's for – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jackie. No, no, no. You go right ahead. I, I was going to say, Steve, before you have to get off the phone, can you just go over kind of the good citizen um, – semi-clause that cause one of the objections seems to be Jackie and Joe you know people are afraid well is there a liability issue if we try to give CPR if we try to use an AED device what kind of liability um, are we susceptible to so, so can you I would explain um, that? yeah um, you, you have the implied consent you know and the good Samaritan law so if you um, if someone has a heart attack say you're just walking around um, the north end downtown business um, sidewalk cell and you see uh, anybody just all of a sudden collapse, non-responsive, no pulse, right? So now you, you're pretty much protected by the, uh, uh, the Good Samaritan Clause. Like, you, you're going to give aid to this person. Now, when you take out the AED you, and you shake this person, you know, when you do CPR, uh, when you get your first aid, hey, are you okay? Hey, are you okay? And they're not responsive, then you have what's called implied consent. The, the, the state of California will let you know, uh, will protect you in saying, this, this person is, is telling you, yes, help me. So as far as like going back and suing you or um, anything like that, because like, a lot of times with um, CPR with, um, elderly, with the elderly, you can break a rib because um, they're so fragile, or you know, nobody can um, 
uh, you're protected under under um, certain laws in California. So that's what a lot of people are like. Well, what if I get sued? What if the AED isn't you know? So yeah, um, if you do get the AED, you are going to be required to uh, attend a first aid um, AED certification class, which is three to four hours, and it it'll be free through our cert team because um, we want to. If we're going to give you an AED, we'd like for for you to be certified in it, um, and then just check the um, the the unit once a month. Um, but as far as uh, being sued, I'm not. I am not a lawyer. I'm not. Don't take this as gospel. But um, it's that's what we work under as police officers and and, and first responders also. All right, mm-hmm. that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. All right, well, Steve, um, you got to run. Uh, thank you for joining us. He's got to shoot. Mm-hmm. I got to go gotta qualify. We want you qualified. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you very much for having us for having for having us and giving us the opportunity. Um, and tell me, get with you because we got to start working on that farmers market because we got to start sure. educating the public um, about AEDs. Um, and Thanks thank you both Chris for having me. Yes. yes, I'll stay on. Thank you yes. so much, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank Bye, Kristen. Too. Have a great day. Okay, Sergeant, Sar- Sergeant Steve Kitsios from the Manhattan Beach Police Department, a member of this year's uh, Leadership Manhattan Beach class. Um, so, I, uh, Kristen, I, I want to ask. So you have a goal of in, uh, having AEDs in every Manhattan Beach Police Department squad car, and then you would like to uh, get them into strategic strategic locations throughout the city. You know, maybe one downtown, yeah. maybe one over in the north end. Maybe, you know, you could put one in a church. You could put one in a, 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 the, the Manhattan Village Mall, a, a, a major hotel, a someplace down by the beach. Now, is this going to be – because your class is a year, right, nine, nine months or a year, and you're meeting and, you, and you're doing all this stuff. Is this going to be – and you're soliciting donations for, for for this equipment. So is this going to be an ongoing effort? Like, for instance, say you raise all the funds to put them in, in the squad cars, right? And and more money is trickling in, and you're like, oh, we have enough to put one at Shade Hotel. And then another one. But what happens after your class is disbanded? Um, it, it, how will that work? Will that be ongoing, or is there like a cutoff? There is a cutoff. So uh, I mentioned earlier, we graduate in May. So our goal is to have our fundraising efforts completed in time to be able to purchase and equip all of the AEDs before our graduation. Um, So we are really starting to hit the ground hard as far as our fundraising efforts right about now. And we would like to have all of our fundraising efforts completed by mid-April or so in order to give us the time that's needed to be able to procure the remaining AEDs. Um, the AEDs that we will be giving to the Manhattan Beach Police Department will then need to be gifted to them. And then for those that we're placing around the community, we, you know, we will work individually with the businesses to get that done. But um, it won't be an ongoing effort other than we're really hoping to raise awareness to the importance of AEDs um, going forward. And that if uh, other businesses just hear about what's happening, maybe they don't get the AED through this specific program, but they'll understand why it's so important to have one on hand and that they may just take on their own efforts to procure their own going forward. So, as Steve mentioned, they're not expensive. They're actually fairly inexpensive, and the maintenance is extremely low. Um, So we're hoping that as we spread the word that we'll just encourage others to participate on their own going forward also. You know, it kind of makes sense. I mean, they could be like uh, fire extinguishers, you know. Every structure has fire extinguishers in it. 
Um, you could have uh, an AED. Now, uh, now, let me just throw this out there just because. So if I'm a business or a private individual and I come to you and I say, Christian, I'm going to give you a check for an AED. Do I get my name on it? <laughs> this equipment provided by ABC Company? <laughs> Not all, No, we're actually hoping that the name would be for, for Leadership Manhattan Beach, but we do have okay. sponsorship levels through the class. And so mm-hmm. you mentioned we have an event coming up. We have a website. So those who are um, corporations and individuals who are interested in, sponsor, excuse me, interested in sponsoring the project, we will have opportunities, um, depending on the sponsorship level, to um, share your name throughout the community through our different um, public publicity and website efforts uh, to let the, orga- the community know that your organization helps support and purchase the AEDs. Mm-hmm. Kristen, like can you share um, the, uh, the maintenance that is kind of required that if you are a location that has an AED that you kind of, you know, sign up for to keep the maintenance with the pads? Can you explain that to everybody too? Absolutely. So the maintenance um, that Steve mentioned earlier, there's a monthly check. So there's actually just a little button on the AED itself that once a month um, you should go and check it and just ensure that a green light comes on. Um, So it's it's just a checkbox and there's a, you know, maintenance list and just gets added to your monthly tasks of ensuring that it's still up to par. And then the pads. So the, the AED works by having these pads that have a certain gel on them to help them stick to the individual skin when you're providing the shock. The pads do have an expiration date. So there's pediatric pads, and they expire every two years. And then there are adult pads, and the adult pads are good for five years. Um, So if the pads are used, then they need to be replaced, obviously. And then if they're not used and they meet that expiration date, then they need to be replaced. The only other thing is a battery. Um, As he mentioned, in the batteries last typically between 8 to 10 years, um, sometimes longer, and the, the batteries are very inexpensive. They're about $50 to replace. The pads, I believe, are about um, $200 to replace. So there's a, a maintenance cost for about every two to five years of about $200. Hey, Kelly, hey, Kelly, it's uh, it's just like a fire extinguisher. You take it off the wall every three months and you shake it. And you just put it back on the wall. Exactly. No, well, exactly. You know, but and, and that's right. We all want it to work when we need it. So we just need to make sure, right. you know, just like that, you, that whoever has these, you know, knows that you just don't throw them in, you know, the closet. You've got to, you know, you can keep it somewhere accessible, but then you just have to check it to make sure it works. Because, you know, God forbid, you, when you do need it, it's there and it's ready to go and save a life. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, we can work with the, organ- wow. the businesses who are interested in um, obtaining one through the project. We can work with them to get the um, signage. So you know, ideally, there's a little sign outside that says AED in here. So if somebody's on the streets, they can see where one's at, and then have it, as you mentioned, right. easily accessible um, and ready to go. And then there is um, there's an app, right, Kristen? That um, eventually a- the AT can be registered on the app. So um, if if a life event is happening and somebody, if you have time or so, there's a group and people can look up to see where the closest um, AED devices, you can pull that up on your phone, correct? Um, I don't know a lot about that. Uh, Kristen, do you know anything more about that? You know, we, um, we've we heard about the app. We ha- It's not part of our class project. It's, it was a suggestion for maybe a future project because I think there mm-hmm. is some work that needs to be done to get all of them registered. Um, but. Mm-hmm. 
if the organization wanted to register their own or if the city wanted to register their own um, individually, I think that they can do that. And then individuals who are actually certified to perform CPR or use an AED can also register through the app so that way they can get a ping that somebody is having an emergency nearby if um, they can go and assist. So there's two sides to it. One, you can look up to see where the AEDs are, and then two, if you're eligible to help, you can get a ping to know, hey, something's happening. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I have never heard of that. That is amazing. If you're certified in CPR, AEDs, or any of those other things, and, and you're on the street and somebody collapses, you could just jump on your phone and put it out, and that it will ping everybody in the immediate area that, that are available. That's amazing. Did, you, did anybody else know about that, <laughs> Kelly, Joe? Well, that's I when technology is a blessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, fan- that's, no, that's fantastic. You know, it's yeah. like, where's the doctor? Yeah. You need one. Oh, right here. That's amazing. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Well, and who knows? You know, but the, the difficult part is, as we all know, in a life event, no matter what, if it's something like this, or even, you know, if you're involved in what, a car accident or other things, it is all in how you react at that moment, too, right? So, um, it, you know, it, it all sounds very um, accessible and nice, but we all have to remember that if we're in that moment or we're witnessing that moment, uh, we we all have to get in our heads, you know, more often that there probably is a way to act, not just call 911, of course, that's always the first step, but then, you know, to look up, look around, look for those signs, just like you would you would look for a fire extinguisher if there was, right. if there was a fire, right. right? We all automatically go, where's the extinguisher, you know, but now trying to go, where's the AED? And hopefully over time, there'll be more and more and more, you know, not just in Manhattan Beach, hopefully other cities will take this lead too and do the same thing. Absolutely. That, that's uh, what, what a great amenity, more than an amenity. I mean, it's, uh, boy, that's, I'm, I'm kind of blown away about this because I did not know that these apps existed. Uh, that, that's amazing. You see, Joe, Kelly, we learn something new every yeah. time we're on the show. Every time. Every, every time. show. Every and you know what show. happens when you- when you learn things, it keeps you younger, right? So we're going to live until we're 100. <laughs> oh, 150, 150 at least. 150 at least. All right. So, yeah. So just in case anybody's just tuning in, we've been talking about uh, the Leadership Manhattan Beach Class of 2019. Uh, our guests uh, were Steve Kitsios and Kristen Melman, and their their class project is to equip all Manhattan Beach Police Department vehicles as well as strategic businesses throughout the community with AEDs, those automated external defibrillators. It's a fantastic project, Kristen, uh, right. really right. doing an amazing uh, – that, that for the community, uh, it's great. Uh, uh, you know, Thank applause, you so applause. We're, I, we're yeah, very excited I about it. Once you, once you hear the rationale – as Steve laid it out, it really is a thing. Well, if the fire departments have AEDs, every police squad car should have one. There's no question about that. He has guns. He has restraints. He has, you know, a uh, a, uh, 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 a shocking mechanism to stop someone from doing bad things, but he doesn't have a shocking mechanism to save someone's life. I think this is going to spread, Jackie. This is another example of something starting here in the South Bay and spreading across the country. I would expect every squad car to have one from now on. Wouldn't that be fantastic? All right. 
Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap it up. Very it's Friday. Much. We got to wrap it up. Yes, we do. Thank you very much for joining us, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And we thank Steve and Absentia, and we thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. And thank you, Jackie. Uh, Kelly took my line. Always a pleasure, Joe. This is why we do it. <laughs> Share this show with all your friends. Share this show with everyone you know. Um, tell them you can tune in every Friday at 8 a.m., or you can just share it with friends and relatives around the country. This is a really important project. We hope this uh, spreads. And uh, have a great weekend. We hope it's warm. Uh, Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.